this is the most significant federal legislation approved and passed in almost 20 years since Part D. So when you look at the implications of this act, they're really both direct and indirect to our entire system. And there's pieces that are going to impact profitability, investment, strategic and operating choices, both for health plans and manufacturers. And so really the system is going to shift as we know it today in the U.S. And why is that is really there's three main pieces that are part of the act that really kind of break down why this changes the U.S. healthcare system. Hello and welcome to Signals by AlphaSense, where we hear thoughtful insights from business leaders, investors and experts. Hello and welcome. You listen to Signals by AlphaSense and I'm your host, Nick Mazing. Today we're going to discuss the effect that the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, will have on pharmaceutical companies and more specifically on drug pricing and drug price negotiations. As many of you know, the IRA is a major piece of legislation which has a number of industrial policy aspects. To me personally, it's not clear how it reduces inflation overall, but that's a very different topic. One piece covers drug price negotiations between the U.S. federal government and pharmaceutical companies. For our non-U.S. listeners, the U.S. government programs typically have not negotiated drug prices. So we have the perfect guest to discuss this topic, Emily Correal, PharmD from Lifecycle Consulting, Emily's Senior Principal, Pricing and Market Access Lead. And we're going to have all the links in the show notes. So Emily, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your company? Sure. Nick, thanks so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. So yeah, so I'm the senior principal at LifeSite Consulting. LifeSite Consulting is actually a global boutique strategy consultancy. We partner with our clients to really support them navigating the complexities in our ever-changing healthcare system, really optimizing reimbursement across the product lifecycle. And so I am the senior principal who leads the pricing and market access team. I'm actually a pharmacist by trade. I have over 15 years of executive leadership and consultative experience within the industry's leading healthcare and pharmaceutical organizations. So my job has been to really partner to really improve access in the U.S. healthcare system, providing that plan and payer perspective, and really taking those insights into actionable pricing and market access strategies for our clients. Okay, so let's start with kind of the, the big picture question. Why is the Inflation Reduction Act such an impactful piece of legislation when it comes to the U.S. healthcare system? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, this is the most significant federal legislation approved and passed in almost 20 years since Part D. So when you look at the implications of this act, they're really both direct and indirect to our entire system. And there's pieces that are going to impact profitability, investment, strategic and operating choices, both for health plans and manufacturers. And so really the system is going to shift as we know it today in the U.S. And why is that is really there's three main pieces that are part of the act that really kind of break down why this changes the U.S. healthcare system. The first is what you mentioned earlier, that drug price negotiation. So for the first time, CMS is going to be negotiating with drug manufacturers really in that bucket of those high-spend drugs in the Medicare program specifically. And this is going to be a huge shift for manufacturers. As we know, outside of the U.S., that's not new to be able to negotiate with government agencies on drug price, but this is very new in the U.S. And so that's really going to shift the dynamics as we know it 
And that'll actually start this year in September. So it's going to be a slow rollout, but it is starting this year. The second piece is there will be prescription drug inflation rebates, rebates for drug manufacturers. So they will be required to pay certain rebates on both Medicare Part B. Those are those drugs that are administer administered by a provider and Part D drugs that are self-administered. So any drug price increase that is faster than the rate of inflation. And like you said, there's a calculation that goes to this. But the reason this is important is when manufacturers are moving their product along the life cycle and they're looking at how to price their product, this is going to be a significant consideration in their uh, profitability projections and really how that looks for their investors and ultimately for the organization themselves. But the last piece I think that's the most impactful to really the whole system at large is really the Medicare Part D redesign. So what they're doing is they're going to reduce the max out of pocket for Medicare Part D beneficiaries. So it's going to shift down the financial exposure for our Medicare patients at large, which is ultimately going to help improve adherence and patient outcomes. That's the ultimate goal. When you look at that shift at how many how Medicare is designed today, we have three phases. The first is the initial. The second is the coverage gap, otherwise known as the donut hole. And the last is the catastrophic phase. You smile because you've heard that donut hole phase, right? We've definitely heard that uh, from anyone in our, in our world's impacted by Medicare. And so that middle phase, that donut hole phase is going away. And so then there will be a shift in 2025 to reduce that out of pocket. But that reduction in out-of-pocket for the Medicare beneficiaries will then shift the dynamics to financially increase exposure for both manufacturers and health plans. And so Medicare today is 80% financial. They're actually shifting that 80% and dividing it between health plans and manufacturers. And when you think about the entire value chain, so what is the IRA impact? So from patients to insurers to manufacturers and potentially to private funding sources like VCs and NPs that have been pretty active in the space. Exactly. And, you know, I always say, you know, when you break down the healthcare system, always start with the center of care and that's the patients, right? That's why we're here in the healthcare system. We really believe in improving patient care. And I think the biggest piece is when you start with that, you see a reduction in out-of-pocket and drug spend, which is, as we know, in the U.S. has been a huge hurdle for patients getting products they need. We need to improve access and affordability that will improve adherence and health outcomes. However, when that shift in financial responsibility moves to both payers and manufacturers, manufacturers will really have to deeply evaluate their existing portfolio, but even more so how they're going to invest in drug discovery and clinical development moving forward. And when you look at the venture capital fund, this could ultimately favor whether they want to invest in large molecules versus small molecules because of the impact of the drug negotiation and the financial exposure. And this shift could really change the balance of technologies. It could change the disease states that are funded. It will impact the public markets. So really just looking at, you know, those who will be impacted on the negotiation versus not could really impact the investor market as we know it in this space. Mm -hmm. And zeroing in on manufacturers and health plans. So what are the main components that must be understood there? Yeah. So I think, you know, I broke down the three main components and how they'll heavily impact, you know, both manufacturers and health plans. 
It'll impact their projection of their revenue and the broader financial environment at large. The biggest, you know, unknowns are actually what aren't outlined. It's the what are health plans going to do with this financial exposure? What are the manufacturers going to do? How are they going to navigate what rebates look like? What products are going to be preferred? And so it's really those considerations of what's not outlined in the act and what the domino effect is going to be. So those outliers. And I think what you look at is, you know, what does this mean for biosimilars, those rare orphan disease drugs investment, and really the implications for the entire healthcare market, both commercial as well. Because if you're looking at the negotiations of the Medicare products, they have to be provided on the formulary. But what does that mean for the commercial sector? So I think that often the assumption is this is just a Medicare issue, but it really is an entire healthcare system domino impact to really how we're functioning today. And what steps are, are we seeing right now that manufacturers are taking in order to prepare this? You're obviously very active in, in, in that space for implementation yeah, I, of FireA. Exactly. So I think the biggest is there, the manufacturers now know this is real. This is happening, right? So as we know, this rollout is starting in 2023. I think the biggest thing is they're looking at what their impact is today. And the biggest issue is that we really need to look at what that means tomorrow as well. And also, if you look at your pipeline and where you are in the development phase, how can you mitigate risk accordingly? What are the things you need to prepare for? How do you proactively understand strategy, stakeholder communications, and really ultimately how to prepare as an organization, both for yourselves and as we mentioned, for investors as well. Any final takeaways regarding the IRA? I think the biggest thing is just to really be a proactive partner in the, in the healthcare system, no matter where you are in the sector. I think really understanding what your own personal risk is, is important, but also understanding what your partner's implications can be as well. I think often we live in our swim lanes, but if we think about the system as a as in the large, you know, all of our system and really taking care of patients, it's really important for plans and manufacturers to work together to make this work because it's going to be a very nuanced, challenging system moving forward. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. This was a great overview of the impact that the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, will have not just on pharmaceutical companies, but the entire value chain in the sector. Our guest today was Emily Coriel, Senior Principal, Pricing and Market Access Lead at LifeSite Consulting. My name is Nick Mazing, and this was another episode of Signals by AlphaSense. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. This was another episode of Signals by AlphaSense. Keep in mind that all views presented here are the views of the guests and hosts and do not represent the views of their employers or of AlphaSense. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investing, tax, legal, or medical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review and subscribe for more.